Hello and welcome to the Benzo Rehab Dungeon, episode 66. It is the 12th of November, 2021. I am your host, Michael Debs. Joining me, as always, Dinkdeluz, uh, or sorry, Danko Suvin from the Instagram handle at Dinkdeluz, uh, found from his uh, his little uh, a wall um, incident. Last week, John, the producer from the Instagram handle at uh, Discopathic. Um, some of you were very sweet. Some some of you within within hours of the podcast being released reached out to ask about whether or not John was OK. Others of you waited uh, almost an entire week. Some of you did not reach out at all. Yeah, we had uh, we had everyone linking arms walking through the the swamp. <laughs> Some of you happen to also be holding like pitchforks. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, John, John, how are you doing? Would you would you like to issue any apologies to the listener for your uh, your absence last week, or are you just gonna? Uh... Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm uh, sorry that the. Uh, um podcasts uh misled you they uh what they didn't tell you was that i was being held ransom and that repeatedly uh my co-host co-members of the the dungeon said uh we don't uh, negotiate with terrorists yeah. we're also a non-profit podcast to be fair yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we don't have coffers really uh, yeah yeah no so the, the the torture was fine they left my face alone yeah which is <laughs> Well, what you're here for so yeah yeah it's actually really convenient that that happened as if it was being backed by certain interests <laughs> yeah what's <laughs> your fucking back john it's, <laughs> it's really weird that the uh the kidnappers just happened to leave alone the one thing that we care about so they were wearing the masks of bald bearded men <laughs> yeah no yeah, 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 yeah. inverted tbrd logo shirts <laughs> <laughs> it's just a black logo on a white shirt instead. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the <laughs> No, we're we're just fans. <laughs> um Danko, how are you doing today, sir? Man, I'm doing all right. I have uh I have news. Mm. Uh someone sent me uh and it, it shut down the whole neighborhood for a little while. Okay. Uh, because you know, when you get warnings about certain ominous sounding things in packages, uh, yeah. you know, you, you gotta make sure that you're uh, doing your due diligence. So, you know, among these things that you might be concerned about in packages, you know, one of which I received would be things like white powder, uh, poop, uh, yeah. could be, you know, an issue, any kind of biological material, uh, that you're not expecting. Right. Um, uh, anything that's ticking perhaps, um, 
or anything that uh, that is clearly from the bargain bin selling for 99 cents with Obama and Biden's face on it. Um, I received a gift from uh, the listener. Hope never dies an Obama Biden mystery. Um, and it's by a New York Times bestselling author. Could, Andrew could you hold that Schaefer. up to the camera? Again? I'm not sure if it's going to. OK. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there's there's a specific angle and that's it right there. There you go. Yeah. We did it kind of. So Yeah. Um Jesus Christ. The the Obama Biden mystery thing. Uh, uh Man. Th- this is fan fiction for the ruling class, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm going to be honest though. Like I was disappointed by a few things. Please. Um, which I, I know is surprising when you have <laughs> a text about Obama and Biden and you leave disappointed. And I haven't finished it. I've started. I have started. Oh, um, that's good. That's that's more effort than than the person that sent it to you probably thought you were <laughs> going to put into it or put into it themselves. And, and, yeah. You know, um, not, yeah. Not to be outdone by you, just real quick. Uh, the same listener uh, is who sent me the Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, Funko Pop and just so he knows that I haven't like neglected it, I have shoved it in my asshole. So okay, you oh, started, yeah, you started reading the book. I started using the Funko Pop. Please continue. Yeah, but but you you did that after you put it while sealed in its case into a resin shell, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Because <laughs> um, yeah. because my 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 main concern is uh, that uh you didn't use a uh, PVC toy safe lube. And now you are going to start to become Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. You know, if, if a Ginsburg bites you, you become one. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually how Ruth, well, no. Yeah. Which one was born first, Ruth or, or, or Alan? I, I would assume Alan, Ruth right? would, no. Yeah, but Alan's dead. Yeah, He's old enough to be dead. He did lots of bad <laughs> stuff to himself. That's true, but pedophilia doesn't kill you. More <laughs> <laughs> referring to the drugs. Uh, the pedophilia seems to be something that he more did to other people rather than yeah. to himself. Are you, I think that did in you fact just keeps you alive forever. Like apologize there. Like, hey, yeah. some, sometimes the victim of pedophilia is actually the pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I will not dignify that. Yeah, uh, you should. But um, there's. There's biker fights in here. My God. Uh, it, it starts off with a really, it's really great because uh, Biden is grouting his tile because he's relatable and mm-hmm. kind of like a, a normal man's man. Yep. He's grouting his own tile in the bathroom, not even in the like kitchen or anything. He's man. like, he's in the bathroom, like on his hands and knees, like doing the thing, you know? Um, so it's very, it's, it's a great, it's a great book. Um, yeah, very impressive. And the, the author has a picture on the back wearing sunglasses. Uh, and again, in case you guys didn't hear me before, he is a best a New York Times bestselling author, which requires only that you buy a case of your own book from uh, Amazon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they seem to just hand those out. Remember they we, fucking uh, do. Yeah, yeah we, actually, we know I, someone. We, actually, we, like... Uh... <laughs> Go ahead, John. Wasn't there, like, a bit of a scandal where, like, somebody just, like, straight up, like gave somebody money but they didn't even like waste the like actual production of the book or something oh i'm sure yeah Yeah, i mean it's 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 actually really common in publishing especially on like political side publishing to go ahead and like 
pay someone to just buy a shit ton of their own book. Yeah. Uh, just to well, get the numbers up. So yeah, it's like Ann Coulter, I think, has been a a, a bestseller before and she Oh yeah. Or, and whoever writes her books, whether it's her or a ghostwriter, writes at a third grade reading level. And to be fair, like the two types of political books that actually get bought, because let's face it, like leftists don't usually buy their books nope. uh, <laughs> because the Internet exists and they shouldn't. Well, you know, if you want a physical copy, go ahead and buy it. Um, but uh, the 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 books that are going to sell are going to be the disingenuous kind of like, oh, how cute liberal books and then like vicious pieces that still won't be cracked open either not none of these books are ever open uh by like Coulter or like fucking i don't know rubio or something like that like the amount of these books i've received uh from family as holiday gifts incredible like i have i've gotten rid of a lot of them i'm gonna be honest uh <laughs> yeah. like you checked around the corner like <laughs> but i've I've got at least like probably enough for a, a couple shelves, uh, like you know, faces on a bookshelf. It's well, you know, and, and they the buy other, them and just hand them out to everyone as candy. The other reason that books like Ann Coulter's books or fucking Rush Limbaugh's books back in the day get sold so much is because they're so inflammatory and liberals just can't fucking like resist the urge to read something that's like. <laughs> inflammatory basically and it's like oh, can you believe what rush limbaugh said in his new book now we're gonna spend i don't know how many media hours of time over reporting the fact that rush limbaugh oh, okay. unknown conservative racist dickhead said something I, uh, horrible in his book and we're just gonna run with that headline for days um right of course i i was i was gonna disagree with you at first because i don't think I think in the 90s, that was true for like liberals on on whole. Um, but like now it's definitely just fucking like uh, lanyards. Yeah. Lanyards are the people that do that. Whereas anyone else that's like a, a liberal PMC, like they don't buy the book. They just yeah. don't. They're scared of buying it. No, but uh, they, kind they of thing, which is the funny so thing. much that I think exactly. is like, just permeates into like either people who you know agree with the statement They're like oh hell yeah i'm gonna support my boy rush limbaugh or people right. who are like oh, i can't believe that somebody would write this i need to see it for myself exactly sort of stuff. exactly which is which is why i'm saying like lanyards i think are the people that end up buying it we're just like i go to all the conventions and stuff and so i bought like 12 copies of rush limbaugh's new book just so i could gawk at it and be terrified yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh, of gawking at hmm. the oh go, did you have more sorry no, no, nothing of real note. I was probably going to cover the same ground again. Okay. Um, speaking of gawking at something and being terrified, we recently, because we're we're film connoisseurs. Yeah, we're media people. We're media people. We yeah. we very much value the arts. Uh, film <laughs> film being among them. Um, we recently reviewed a movie called uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog. Um, John, could you please play the, the trailer for, for this movie film? Of course. Clifford, no Clifford! Oh, the screen. 
No, no, no. Please keep going. All right. oh, I, I thought no. I heard. I thought I heard pause. Well, yeah, no. There, there no, was I, a... I, I said something, but it doesn't matter. I was just offended yeah, by there, the scream sound there effect. There was a Will Wilhelm scream. <laughs> Is it Wilhelm or Wilfred? Why am I forgetting? Wilhelm. That? Wilhelm. Right. So I was right first. All right. Cool. I think. Um, no, I think it is Wilhelm. There's a Wilhelm yeah. scream in it twice, like in the actual. Um, Seriously? Okay. Yeah, it happens twice. It's. it's the, the, you've you've got you've got a Wilhelm scream followed by an Amen break followed by a Wilhelm scream. <laughs> yeah. Or Wilhelm. Jesus, I did it too. Yeah. Anyway. Well, please continue. You may not believe it, but there is magic all around us. There are times it can be hard to find. Did you bring your garbage to school? <laughs> but sometimes, the magic finds us. Look at you. Uncle Casey, so cute. And so red. How big is he going to get? That depends, doesn't it? On what? On how much you love him. I wish we were big and strong, and the world couldn't hurt us. So what I've gotten from this is that a magic sorcerer, John Cleese, yeah, John Cleese, Cleese. threatened <laughs> a girl into growing a magical dog into a giant. That's actually more right than you might actually believe. Yeah, no, like, because, like, what's this insinuation that she doesn't love the dog enough? Like, what happens to the dog? Does it get smaller? Well, well the the thing that's worse about it, sorry, Mike, no, is, no. is that. The way that John John Cleese ends up, and we'll get into all of this stuff, but the way that he ends up introducing her to the dog is they go into a magical room where if you're not looking for a pet, you discover a pet. And so it's like, I'm not, I, I'm, it's so he so does, offensive, so, I don't even want to say it. So he does like, threaten, threaten her, like he, like he insinuates this dog's survival depends on her love, right? Yeah, well, so yeah. what what happens is that he walk he he walks him in a room and he says, "Here's the room where consent is always broken." Oh, and, <laughs> oh, Jesus! And then they're like, "Okay, I don't know how I feel about this because there are protestations, protestations yeah. as they walk into the room, and then suddenly, when when forced with this new non consensual responsibility of having a very small thing for a young lady to take care of." Uh, she is now told that she must raise it to adulthood using her love or else she doesn't love it. Yeah. So I'm just going to say there are, we yeah. know what's happening in this film. You know, I would like to piggyback off of your, your uh, <laughs> analysis there. Yeah. Because what I also got out of this particular moment um, and why I kind of wanted to play this trailer is John Cleese very clearly says that the dog's size will be, you know, comparative to how much you love it. And so what I get out of this is that love is finite because the dog yeah. does not reach an infinite level of size. He uh, actually doesn't get really all that much bigger than a room. So... Right, right. Well, so I I don't remember the exact no. quote, but you know there there's a problem that Shakespeare brings up that applies directly to Clifford the Big Red Dog, <laughs> which which is in in Macbeth. You know, it's one of my one of my favorite lines, which I, I cannot in fact cite because I'm actually an idiot. But uh, but they they say 
uh, we should not mourn someone for the amount that we love them because if we did so, our grief would never end. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. And and so and of course they he says it in fewer words because he's a fucking genius and I'm an, I'm an asshole. Uh, uh, but but yeah. So so you you see that occurring here where where John Cleese walks up and says, "Fuck Macbeth, you're wrong." This dog is proportional to your love. Now prove yourself. <laughs> In this weird metaphor for why we need abortion for rape victims. Oh, man. Um, let's keep rolling it from there, I guess. Yeah. Uncle Casey! Oh, no, we're going to be late for school. About the dog? <laughs> Bless you. Bring a friend, join the crowd. Don't we try to hide him or something? It's New York. No one will even notice. Pizza. Just a big. Why don't we get you on the scale here, bud? I'm just going to write heavy. What if you found someone who made you feel like you could do anything? Clifford, no, no bet. Oh, no. Why twice? This dog is telling you, man. It's twice in the movie, too. God damn it. I would love to watch a big red monster paralyze somebody. Yeah. I mean, implicitly, the dog does do a little bit of murder. There's no way somebody lives through some of the things that uh, that the dog does. Yeah. Also. Also, quick note, but this this movie's really having it both ways in in a weird weird way, which I I, I think ends up speaking to the kind of liberal audience that is writing and, and consuming it. Yeah. But they describe Harlem as both being like a shithole, sure uh, and for for this little white girl and her British mom, <laughs> um, and also it's apparently nice enough to have like people wandering around in parks like in these weird inflatable balls and shit like it's it's both like this fun fantasy place and also like oh you don't want to go there it, mm-hmm. it did have a rape pet shop though so it does have a great magical pet shop that does to be fair randomly disappear i oh. wasn't going to go into the thing you thought i was going to <laughs> <laughs> Pet shop that no no I I have to stop. So let's let's um, round this clip no, out real quick, please. The dog this dog is killing me. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, set it up. Oh, oh look, they're playing. <laughs> well, you don't see that every day. Maybe it's time to feed it. All right. So much relies upon a big red dog. So you know? I have some I have some notes here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's time for us to put John Cleese down. Oh man, yeah, yeah it's probably a sign. Yeah. It's a, it's yeah. very sad to that... see him go from you know comedy genius to now he's in Clifford the Big Red Dog. Um. What's Which, not as sad to see because none of these people are comedy geniuses is uh, <clears throat> there's so much SNL cast in this movie. 
Yeah. There's like three oh. or four people, I think, um, from SNL. I, I also need, I, I need to point out that it's related to all of that, but but all of these people, SNL people, John Cleese, the dog, uh, all of these extremely famous people that are otherwise like generally rather talented with some exceptions. Um, this is a movie that, if I'm not wrong, was made by and released on Paramount Plus, a thing that I don't think anyone has. No, yeah, this is a straight to straight to straight to doo doo streaming services, kind of <laughs> which is which is a thing that's that's extremely common now. But but like, I don't know, HBO Max is already bad enough. And I don't think that we need like fucking Paramount Plus to add on to that to make movies. Making oh man, I also thought Paramount fucking didn't they collapse? Yeah, I'm thinking they, else. they had some kind of COVID-related collapse, but I think they might have gotten bailed out. I don't know. No, I'm talking about before that, oh. like years ago. There was, I might be thinking of someone else or someone that like Paramount was was partnered with, but yeah. for some kind of bankruptcy. <laughs> anyway um let's see uh there, there's a lot of uh very um i i would describe them as racist caricatures uh in the movie would you describe them that way in the yeah yes yeah. no the, the whole movie is uh is attempting to talk about how cool diversity is while being <laughs> extremely racist about it it's, it's doing the diversity <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, it's doing the exact same thing Close to the exact same thing that they did in Bright, mm-hmm. which I remember having a like a, a essentially violent conversation with someone, uh, drunk conversation after watching that movie, yeah, because they weren't able to see how like bizarrely racist it was. But but well, it's it's, it's cool the well-meaning racism accepted, <laughs> even though yeah. we all know that the orcs are like different and maybe not as good and maybe a different color of people. Right. So that that's exactly what this movie is saying, where it's just like, so so all the races are in fact different. But yeah, but no, that's so what makes much... them cool. <laughs> there's there's so much race realism in this movie. You know? Yeah. You really expect like RPG like sand music to play as soon as like a like an Arabic uh an Arab character. Walks I mean in. it only like, you really it expect does that. that with like the uh the Cuban fellows. Fair. Um <laughs> So and then the the other thing there there is a there is a funny moment which I I don't think it was funny intentionally, uh but where where Clifford and and Elizabeth are running through like they're they're escaping everything, it's near the end, they run through a construction site and all the construction guys see this massive giant red monster dog running through their con- construction site destroying everything, and there's just this guy in the foreground going. Like, like not running in terror or anything. Just like, hey, I'm 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 building here. Um, yeah. Does OSHA have rules about giant red dogs? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, the red seems like he's actually colored for OSHA. Maybe yeah. He's, he's a, a he's yeah. A he's a warning a... sign. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's workplace safe. And yeah, probably then flammable. Then there's the uh, the the Asian racism that plays into it, where the mm. Asian kid is like really geeky and uh, academic, and of course is he he's... secretly good at kung fu. <laughs> this is this is my favorite part of the movie, the whole China thing. It's fucking incredible. Yeah, go go ahead and go into Wait. that. Oh, it's so good! It's so good. So 
this this movie is simultaneously a uh, an, an allegory about reproductive justice and an allegory <laughs> about about communism, right? Because what happens? So I'm I'm, I'm going to like lay out the, the the film just in general in in order to get to this point. But so what occurs is that this this poor little girl. Uh, living with her mother, uh, what her her we, uncle lives in a van outside the house. Can we just uh, just pause real quick yeah, right there? Yeah. Um, by poor, you mean somebody that can afford a several bedroom apartment in uh, New York? Yeah, imaginary. Oh, like yeah, so, like yeah, like they're, like they're Seinfeld calling this girl poor. poor, but like really, she goes to a really nice school. Her mother yeah. has some kind of law degree or something like that. She's a paralegal. Um, yeah, paralegal, um, but whatever. She's living. Yeah. She's living incredibly well in New York, all things considered. Please, of course, of course. Yeah, and it's it's. Um, uh, I mean, it, it, it's again like what a lot of upper middle class people imagine poverty is. Yeah, it, it, where they. They both believe it's like extremely squalid, uh, but then also like surely it's manageable. Of course, uh, you know. Um, but uh, but so there's uh, there's all this stuff around housing, and of course there's this uh, there's this big black guy that's the janitor, uh, the super, uh, and he is of course a threatening uh, uh, presence in this film. Uh, and and he's like breaking into people's apartments to fix their sink, uh, and oh. so there's this whole like weird Maoist thing, but also very optimistic. And then uh, what ends up happening is this, of course, this giant red animal. What could that possibly end up being a metaphor for? Uh, ends up escaping in capital, being these people that uh, run essentially Monsanto are constantly trying to capture it and, and neutralize its ability to. To, to you know run around the city uh being friends to people i guess and so what what ends up happening with this little girl is she ends up she's she's newfound friends with this small chinese boy uh and and his father has some kind of ridiculous because it's a rich kid school again that she's only at because of like some kind of lottery system and like scholarship money uh which again is like the imagined liberal version of what it's like to be poor is like instead you have to have scholarship money and feel bad about it yeah you're, you're poor, <laughs> but there's still plenty of chances for you to get ahead aren't there right and so his father has some kind i forget what he does exactly some kind of ambiguous businessman but he has this logistics capacity so that he can ship the dog to shanghai uh, literally Shanghai the dog, as it yeah. were. Um, and so the there's this beautiful image of like this these the this Chinese businessman with his son and this little like uh, poor girl from Harlem, again white, you know, the important to note, um, who are helping this giant red communist dog onto <laughs> a freighter. <laughs> So they can get shipped off to Shanghai before Monsanto gets him. And, and if, anybody, if, anybody, if anybody at this moment is like, there's no way this is the actual plot of the movie. This is the actual fucking plot of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I, I, I started this. I, I was uh, I was doing some work. I just started a new job. And, you know, I'm kind of like yeah. doing a little bit of like prep work just so I. You Mike know, and I were both working as we watched this yeah. to keep in mind. So we probably missed everything. But, well, no, but, I, I, but just half watching like this is what we managed to pick yeah. up. Sorry. Um, 
and and you know i kind of just like threw it out as a joke in our little group chat hey i'm gonna do a review of because i was i was looking for something to just kind of like have on in the background while i crunched a bunch of numbers and shit this is weird and, you picked clifford for that well i i loaded up the very legal website where i watch all of my movies paramount for... plus <laughs> yes paramount plus <laughs> i loaded up paramount plus and and they didn't have a very big selection and i saw clifford the big red dog and i thought hey this will be a shit posty thing i can do i'll i'll kind of half watch the movie and do a dumb review about it and then this turned into so much more because uh quoting you from while we were watching it this is such a tonally confused movie. Oh yeah, it doesn't understand what beginning. it's doing, what it's saying, where it's going, what what is even happening in it half the time because it just bounces back and forth between like jovial fun time to the big corporation is trying to kill my dog and <laughs> and then like there's there's no like break or like difference in tone in the movie through it. It's like right between all these things so you've got like these contexts of like oh man this is really horrible that this this company is trying to steal this dog and probably kill it and then like there's no like change in like tone there like it, it never loses that like bright cheeriness right yeah. but, well, but but some sorry john really quick uh one of the tonal inconsistencies that it does have though is that it, it genuinely at least to me felt like a different movie dependent on the race of the people that were being depicted at the moment absolutely like this is a deeply deeply racist movie it's, so racist. it's really <laughs> weird <laughs> sorry john go on well i guess my my question was how how's the corporation going to make money by killing the big red dog well, no they're not going to kill him probably unless they need to like put him into a centrifuge to like get his dna out because yeah. really they want his dna oh okay. they because they think they can make things big using big dog. Oh yeah, that's that's yeah. as far as it because that's how DNA yeah. works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it seems I, I could totally see a major corporation uh, basically believing that. Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. That's not if we just the place, realm of belief. Like, yeah. if we place this dog into the macerator <laughs> or doggy. <laughs> Let's crunch it into grow big juice. Um, let's see. So how does how does Clifford end? Uh, Clifford ends when I don't even remember. Um, so so what does the, he do? Yeah, after peeing on things and eating other Clifford dogs, the big red dog on his way to Shanghai. So the the Shanghai yeah, yeah. transfer actually like starts, and then the U.S. government finds and confiscates <laughs> Clifford the big red dog. Uh, the the corporation has claimed that the big red dog is theirs. And they so, send him to Taiwan. <laughs> they don't. They don't. <laughs> so, so the government uh, delivers the dog to the corporation. Uh, the corporation is doing tests. Uh, the community bands together because Clifford saved one of their folks at one point, and uh, so after now you know crippling many of them. Well, well, the, the crippling is more implied than than uh, than like oh, displayed. Okay. I Okay. I I personally think several people wouldn't have lived through what uh, Clifford did to them, but you know it's uh, yeah. No, the guy the guy tossed around in that big balloon would yeah, have been yeah. like just like a bag of bones. Right. Also, I, I I would imagine based on the statements by this like biotech company that bathing in this dog's urine is probably going to do something to your genetics. Okay. Yeah. So actually, that's something that does need to be brought up. Is uh, yeah. 
there's there's some weird pretty gross humor in this um wherein so so the the scene in the trailer where the little dog and clifford meet uh clifford makes elizabeth the little girl uh raise the little dog up to his asshole so the little dog can smell it and he gets oh. stuck in there he doesn't he doesn't get stuck be, in there that would be funny that would be funny but, to me. Yeah, no, it's it's like they're doing the they're doing the like dog pace around each other thing, and then the kids put it together and they're like, oh no, I think he wants, and it's like Clifford could just lay down, you know, but instead yeah. he makes Elizabeth like raise the dog up to his asshole. And Clifford must have an extraordinarily pungent butthole. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Imagine what those uh those uh uh anal glands yeah those, yes. anal, those anal glands like. which have never been expressed as they say <laughs> yeah uh, yeah and and dogs i don't know if, if anyone knows this but dogs have a very good sense of smell they do they do yeah, uh, and, then, and then at, uh, at another moment uh clifford decides to uh to pee on a tree as dogs do however clifford is a very big dog and so what ends up happening is he pees on the little girl the uncle and i think somebody else like he just pees on them oh last him with piss like is that necessary do we need to have like a piss kink sort of like segment of the film probably not probably probably could just get away with like oh man that's a and like they never show his penis if you're gonna go through all that trouble show the fucking dog's dick you, you know? gotta show the yeah. dog dick yeah, yeah. don't just don't the just make dog. me imagine how big <laughs> clifford the big red dog's dick is show me that red rocket is clifford a girl no clifford's a boy yeah clifford. do we know that clifford come on man yeah um, no, Man, we're I, being I, really I binary up, about looked up yeah. whatever uh, whatever Wikipedia lore there was on Clifford, and Clifford was always mm. a boy dog. Yeah, um, uh, it sounds like bullshit to me. This is <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, well, you can log on to Wikipedia.com and fight that out with the uh, the review <laughs> board <will>. there. <laughs> In the film version of Clifford the Big Red Dog, Clifford is obviously a lady because no penis. Oh well, you're not going to get a very uh, you're not going to get a very substantive uh, answer out of how big Clifford is because you're... his size varies wildly. Uh, because the illustrator, also true. Oh, you're looking up his dick. Okay, that okay. might be yeah, more that's... concrete. This is not this is not a Google that we need to do. Yeah, <laughs> go to images. <laughs> Oh, do we dare? No, 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 we don't. <laughs> yeah, approximately how big would Clifford's penis be? Yeah, yeah. I mean, click on the. I mean, I imagine like a, a a couple feet. You know, Clifford's big no, red dog. No, don't click no. the eighteen. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh man, mm-hmm. it's just a question. If I need... yeah, it's it's a scientific question. <laughs> Let's move on to something more substantive. Um, <laughs> Clifford said... is pretty substantive. <laughs> let's say. Oh, uh, I did my my last note on Clifford is uh, I believe that Clifford is a metaphor for the destructive blind menace of communism. Yeah. Um, totally. Not not necessarily what I agree with. That's just uh, what I think they're trying to get across with Clifford. <clears throat> um, so well yeah. meaning, but damaging. Well unless meaning. you regulate. <laughs> hey, hey, you know it's something that that think, seems good in theory, but every time you try it, <laughs> the big red Clifford. dog of communism pees all over a little girl. 
Yeah, Clifford only works well in small communities. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. Yeah. laughs> so I said right, last week I, I would talk about uh, some of the issues that uh, that are facing government workers and and why government isn't uh, isn't functioning so great on on a local level. Um, you know, it's not functioning great on the federal level either. But uh, this is this is more. Uh, first-hand information that I have and, and how government is functioning or rather the lack of government function. Um, so the first thing that I wanted to bring up is it is fucking impossible to get anything done uh, on the local level uh, in general right now. Um, and this is, <clears throat> as far as I can tell, not just something that, uh, and, and getting something done, what do I mean by that? So I used to work for a public works department. Like last uh, Friday was my last day on the job. Um, inshallah. Yeah, inshallah. God bless. Now I'm working for greedy capitalists. Not that really anything much has changed, but my life is significantly better right now. Not because I'm working for greedy capitalists, but just their expectations are so much lower. Um, <clears throat> so the first thing is there's been a lot of really well-meaning uh, legislation. Um, some of this goes back. We'll, we'll look at it, this, this law that we're going to look at right now. This goes all the way back to 1931. Great piece of legislation. I think it's something that uh, that has done a lot to benefit workers. What has happened, though, like with all good things that have been legislated, is there's a very money powerful group of people who have found a way to exploit the system so that it benefits them and actually does not do what it was intended to do in the first place. Uh, so the first thing, go ahead. Were you saying something? No, just what? Oh, yeah. Um, so the first thing is the uh, the Davis Bacon uh, Wages uh, Act, something like that. Um, let's go ahead and scroll down. Um, this is just kind of a quick and dirty on the Davis Bacon laws. Uh, if you've ever worked on a government construction project, you probably heard the name Davis Bacon, or else those two words might be why you've never bid on a publicly funded job. Uh Technically, Davis-Bacon is the name of just one piece of prevailing wage legislation. However, people often use it to refer to all sorts of prevailing wage requirements, and it does give contractors a lot to consider. But diving into the facts about one of the construction's most debated sets of laws can help take the doubt out of Davis and bring home the bacon for your business. Man, that's some good writing right there. Man, yeah. internet writing, the best. Yeah, Um. so... so this article is correct. This is very contested and the way it's contested, I'll get into a little bit later. Um, but basically what prevailing wage law is, is there's a trade. Let's say the trade is plumbing. If you've got a, uh, public works, uh, project. So this is, um, you know, my, my job role was to maintain city infrastructure uh, primarily related to government buildings. Um, so my scope is limited in that, you know, I only have a certain set of crew and what we're doing is more maintaining existing structures. If something needs to be installed, built, constructed, whatever you want to say, uh, call it, um, that's going to require a contracted force because it's not something that we're always going to need all the time. It's something that we're just kind of reaching out for. Hey, 
we're building, you know, a, a, a site over here and we need to run plumbing to it. So we need to get a plumbing contractor to run that plumbing over there. Um, <clears throat> so you have a, a plumbing contractor and plumbers, you know, they, they have, you know, apprentice journeyman masters, etc. Um, there is what's called a prevailing wage for all of these roles and levels of uh, plumbing work. And what a prevailing wage is, is basically like, yeah, you could technically be paid minimum wage to work a plumbing job, but we all agree that plumbing is worth, let's say, $30 an hour at a journeyman rate or a journeyman level. Um, so that's what prevailing wage is. It's, it's the wage that prevails over like whatever shit like pay you want to actually give somebody as somebody who's like trying to be greedy and selfish and it's like no this is this is what a plumber is worth which um, random note uh to go along with that in a lot of european and scandinavian countries when you're told that they don't have a minimum wage um what they mean is that they don't yeah. want to tell you that they have something similar to prevailing wages Absolutely. where different types of workers make certain types mm -hmm. of money as their minimum wage a minimum wage is yeah and and this this is yeah. something that that is used a lot when people you know, talk about like um especially like uh, uh what's the word scandinavian like um countries is they'll be like well you know norway doesn't have a minimum wage and it's like well yeah norway is like 99 percent unionized almost <laughs> yeah. it's, it's something yeah. insane to to nearly that level and the unions basically set the the minimum wage for each trade um rather yeah. than what we have here where unions like barely fight to increase a, a minimum wage for for a for a trade what what is union uh, membership like here? Like twenty percent, something. Yeah, is it that? It's it's pretty yeah. fucking low. Yeah, it's it's somewhere around twenty percent. Somewhere. I haven't checked the numbers 50. in a long time, but yeah, yeah, it's it's incredibly low, and because it's so low, even if you have the benefit of being in a union, which is something that I've experienced firsthand, um, and why I ultimately left the city job was was not just the issues with government work, but also how my city was running things and and the union just doesn't have the same power that it would have anywhere else because it's just yeah. you know it's a city workers union and it doesn't have the same power as a union over in europe where everyone's unionized and if one union is getting like really abused all the unions will just stop and obviously they can't let that happen i i would also like to really quickly just say that no, that is me splitting the difference on accident. Union membership of the public sector uh, is 34.8% in uh, the total union uh, percentage is 10.8, which means the private sector, it's even lower because yeah. I think the public sector is probably, again, I'm probably going to fuck this up because I'm working up a memory, probably about a quarter of the country. And so, I mean, you do the fucking math there. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, I think I think the overall organization is somewhere around like extremely low. Yeah, no. ten point eight. Yeah, uh, I wonder. <clears throat> I wonder if it's higher when he gets into specific trades, though. Uh, yeah, it is higher sure. when you get yeah, into yeah. specific trades. Um, I have yeah. met very few electricians that don't have a union. Whereas you don't know any retail people that are in union. Exactly. So it's yeah, yeah. they're offset substantially. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, there, there's a very big possibility that 
I've just run into a certain set of electricians that are all unionized, but from my understanding, most electricians are unionized. Um, yeah. So, uh, what is the Davis Bacon Act? Um, as I'm trying to pour a vodka cranberry without spilling it. The Davis-Bacon Act of 1931 requires contractors and subcontractors working on federally funded jobs to pay their laborers wages and benefits no less than what others locally pay their workers for similar projects. This is called the prevailing wage. Uh, let's go ahead and go down. So Davis-Bacon generally applies to contracts in excess of $2,000 to which the U.S. government or District of Columbia is a party. It includes construction, alteration, or repair of public buildings and public works. Um, so go to the next link real quick. We're going to bounce to that next link and then come back. Um, but this link, so this is an inflation counter. And if you could go ahead and punch into uh, the year 1931. And then uh, the dollar amount there which are over, uh, just type in 2000. And then uh, calculate that. So <clears throat> back Damn. in 1931, $2,000 is worth equivalent to uh, $36,000 today. So obviously things have changed quite a bit since then and since this is like mostly on the federal level what a lot of local municipalities did is they set much higher thresholds for what they would consider or not local but state uh what they would consider you know applicable for prevailing wage law up until i think it was april of this year basically any job uh up to fifteen thousand dollars i think it was uh was not subject to prevailing wage uh for projects that i was working on um so let's go back to the uh, previous link real quick and uh so there's a bunch of uh davis bacon related acts uh these these two gentlemen did a lot of work for uh labor um I don't know exactly what their politics were, but at the very least, they were uh, they were good for for labor. They were good for you know progressive sort of measures to help uh, workers, especially workers working on government projects, uh, get get fair wages. Um, let's go ahead and go uh, two links ahead. And so this is a this is a good tool for anybody who thinks that they may be being underpaid for their job. Uh, you can go to the DIR. Um, every state should have its own DIR website. Uh, so this is the California Department of Industrial Relations uh, website. And uh, what you can do is you can look up your trade. Um, it's it's sorted out by apprentice, journeyman, and master. And uh, you can basically look up like, oh, this is what the prevailing wage for this kind of work is. So, you know, if you want to uh, make the case for for your employer to pay you more, uh, this might be a good resource to get like an idea of what the prevailing wage is for your trade and your kind of work. Um, this is this is what uh, is used when we were going out for contracts we would reference the DIR uh, to figure out what the prevailing wage for a project is to make sure that the contractor was indeed paying uh, their their uh, laborers um, appropriately. Unfortunately, 
Uh, go to the next uh, link. <clears throat> so what what ended up happening early this year, uh, April of uh, 2021, is the what would apply to prevailing wage work was expanded greatly. Um, so I, I laid out that earlier in the year, or earlier in my career, when I was running projects, fifteen thousand dollars was where the prevailing wage requirements kicked in. What ended up happening is this expanded to anything and everything that was a public works project became prevailing wage. And the initial sort of thought that comes with that is like, oh, well, that's a good thing, right? Unfortunately, it's not. It's 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 a well-meaning thing that I think was used insidiously in some ways because what what's happened is prevailing wage projects being at that like $15,000 threshold meant that these are for big projects that are, you know, not not only just big projects but also lucrative for the companies that are, you know, invested in in uh uh completing them. Uh, lucrative for obviously the employees who are making probably more than they would normally make uh, doing the same work, et cetera. Um, what expanding it in this way has done is essentially priced out the mom and pop shops that we would normally use for smaller projects. So what I was running into a lot and what became kind of just like a vice that I was stuck in at work was you would get, let's say, a minor concrete repair needs to be done at a public facility. Um, you get a, you get a quote for it. It's $2,000 used to be back, you know, last year, uh, 2020, I could just throw it, throw out a purchase order, get that done. Everybody goes home happy. Uh, what ended up happening is since it was expanded so much, I could no longer rely on those mom and pop shops to do those small jobs where, yeah, their workers probably aren't making prevailing wage, but they're still making a decent rate uh, comparatively to a lot of jobs that are being worked around here. Um, and the, the problem is that these are such small jobs that the bigger companies don't want to take them on at all. So what ends up happening is you've got a problem, you want to fix it. The only people that will work on it are too small to have the personnel infrastructure to do all the prevailing wage rate reporting, uh, which is which is a huge huge job actually, uh, because the the state requires you know lots of detailed information on um, uh, not only what you're paying the worker but any kind of benefits you're giving them, etc. Uh, a lot of a lot of companies um, in this area, a lot of construction companies. In fact, one of the consultants that my city was using used to be a, a construction company. And then what they ended up finding out is, oh, if we get into prevailing wage consultant work, which is basically they're working for the city to, to ensure that our contractors are reporting their prevailing wage requirements properly, they actually make more money because it's less less effort on their part, less risk on their part. And all they have to do is you know, go through somebody else's work to make sure that they did it right. And um, quick clarification. Um, so the prevailing wage applies to jobs over $2,000, right? And that is not adjusted, in fact, for inflation. It's remained $2,000 since. 
It, it did. Am I understanding that? Dollars. It was it was adjusted at the state level, and now what the Supreme Court has done is they've said no, two thousand dollars is is what it is, no matter what. Right. And and so go ahead. The 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 problem, as I understand it, is that that needs to be adjusted for inflation, so that we're talking about prevailing wage applies to jobs of like thirty six thousand dollars and above. Correct. Because okay. because having prevailing wage requirements for a job that's two thousand dollars and you yeah. know is yeah it's it's ludicrous at this point because you're you're paying you know your worker let's say three hundred dollars to do the job and then you've got all the material costs associated with it. so you know a two thousand dollar job a lot of that is wrapped up in paying the workers paying for materials and then when you have to do prevailing wage uh reporting you're paying a whole person to just do the reporting part of it and yeah. so for a lot of these and mom and pop shops who would normally take on these smaller jobs and you know would you know help boost the local economy you no longer have that anymore because they can't they can't right. pay for that extra person a lot of times and and exactly and so so just to throw numbers at people if if this is a job that say takes a week uh, and someone is making $35 an hour prevailing wage for a $2,000 contract, uh, that ultimately means that $1,400 of that is being spent on the wages for the worker, um, and then $600 is going into the company for any other purposes. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, though, I mean, obviously, I think everyone here agrees that people should be paid really as much as we can pay them absolutely um without adjustment for inflation that those kind of numbers where six hundred dollars out of this project ends up going into the rest of the infrastructure of the company and whatever other regulatory you know fees or anything like that is is totally infeasible yeah um and so if it were applied again sorry to get like real bogged down to this but i think it is the central problem where where if it were adjusted for inflation that problem just purely would not exist (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> precisely and yes. and why the expansion of and you know you, you look at the the date on this article it's april 12th of 2021 and like i yeah. said you know all the way up until early this year i was able to just knock these projects out i was you know not to toot my own horn but i was well regarded in the city for getting things done in a really quick and efficient manner because i i learned the rules of the system and you know not that i'm like gaming it or anything i just knew how to execute them effectively and uh run projects that way um that's that's why i went from being you know i started at the city as a lead worker in 2018 and then before the end of 2019 i was promoted to a supervisor position because i was i was proficient at this kind of thing and and sorry, really, really quick to, to, to rewind. A lot of these jobs, I imagine, I mean, there there's a lot of jobs in, in these sectors that one person can do, but there are still very, very many jobs that require at least two people, right? And so, again, if you end up crunching the numbers, that ends up meaning two people working on a project for a week that goes well over uh, that, that's almost $3,000 right now, just in prevailing wage yeah. wages. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's, well, uh, you know, like, uh, electricians, uh, don't work alone. No, right. Because right. That, uh, that would be 
suicidal. I mean, yeah. you have yeah. any kind of incident where you where you get electrocuted and there's nobody there to like pull you off the live wires. Right. You're, you're house fucked. painters barely work alone. Like <laughs> yeah. house house painters should not work alone. No, um, they shouldn't. You know, yeah. uh people people don't understand the you know, the the danger <laughs> of digging a three foot trench. Um right. A three foot trench can kill you like almost instantaneously if if uh if there's some kind of like giveway in the in the uh, trench right. so you know you need to have not only just one person digging that trench repairing the pipe or whatever you need to have somebody digging that trench repairing the pipe and then another person that's ensuring safety uh is is you know being looked after uh making sure you know they're they're monitoring you know the the walls of the trench for any erosion or anything like that while people right. are working um that's that's something that's always really bugged me uh when people like and i, I understand some of this is is people trying to extract which honestly you you fucking should you know if you're a worker try to extract wages yeah uh but uh but when when you're driving by like a construction site and you see that some of the people aren't working, it's because they actually are working. You yeah, know, working, like that's not working in a way that's obvious to you right. as somebody that's driving through there for like all of a minute. You know. Yeah. Sorry that not everyone is digging every moment that and, you end up like crossing are, through. Yeah, and there are jobs that are contextual, like. All yeah. right, we've got the the you know master plumber working on a four inch uh, main line, and he's doing all the welding work. And then you need to have somebody that comes behind him and you know certifies the weld and and that sort of stuff. Right. And it's like and, and go ahead. S saying this is someone who does supervisory like managerial work. Um, there are almost no circumstances in which people like us are necessary, except for in circumstances like that. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so that's one problem, uh, is, is they, they change the rules in such a way. And there, there is a bunch of internal stuff going on in my city that I don't think is really useful to the purposes of this, uh, this discussion. Though funny. Very funny. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's any way for me to like. No, no, I wouldn't risk it. Yeah, there's there's probably <laughs> no way for me to publish some of the hilarious encounters that I had with yeah. uh, with new management that um, was handpicked because they yes. know certain people. That's exactly something that I wanted to say since the beginning here, which is that people talk about um, how you need smaller governments in order to avoid corruption. Which is the dumbest <laughs> yeah. fucking thing in the universe. <laughs> and, and, and let me just describe it this way, right? So um, I, there are a couple ways I could explain it. So I'm, I'm actually going to try it in two ways, right? Go. So, so um, first off, if you've ever been in a family, uh, you know that there are favorites that are unofficial, Right. That's just a fucking thing that happens or in a small friend group. Right. There are always people that like get along better or are chosen by other people and stuff like that. That's simply how this shit works. People pick favorite people. That's just how life works. And so when you're working with this giant mechanism of huge government, sure, there's going to be bureaucratic, bureaucratic loss and corruption and stuff like that that occurs but the whole mechanisms of this entire machine are so difficult to sway via corruption 
uh, that it's almost not worth it in a certain way. Not to say that like giant federal government shit is not corrupt, but when you're looking at something like state government, like I don't think there was a single mayor of a single town that is not so fucking corrupt. Like (laughs) if you've ever met a mayor of a city, I used to go to a, uh, they're actually not around anymore, so I can just talk about it. Or they're under ownership that I don't care about anymore. But a buddy of mine, he owned an Italian restaurant uh, out here called Venados. Uh, yeah. And it felt like that, too, because he was like, he was skeevy. Yeah. He was just this weird, creepy, skeevy guy, and I loved him. Um, but but you would, you would go out there every Saturday night, and you would always see the mayor out there. He would always be there uh, and he could be doing all sorts of different things. I'm not going to make any comments on that. But but when you would go out there, you knew that the mayor was being given all sorts of things by both the restaurateur and otherwise, because basic, simple human interactions allow for huge amounts of corruption yep. and huge amounts of corruption that you don't even regard as corruption. You don't regard it as corruption when your buddy gives you a gift, but he could be giving you a gift for any one of many reasons, right? And so that same thing uh, applies to like smaller systems. And the other example that I wanted to give, because I've, I've, I finally caught up on it, is I've been watching Succession. <laughs> have you guys seen that show? I have not. No. It's actually very, very good. Uh, but one, one of the, it, it teaches essentially the same lesson where there's this huge uh, corporate series of corporate takeovers that are trying to happen, which we're supposed to not want to happen because we don't know those people, right? We don't empathize with them necessarily. But we know ultimately, if you take a step back and breathe, that that would be better simply because some other mechanism is controlling things based purely on numbers. But when you're watching the show, and this is how shit actually works ultimately, there's a family that's arguing over shit constantly. There's very few people at the top rather than some massive mechanism. And so they're constantly doing stupid shit and fucking one another over. And it's just another example, if anyone has watched that show, of of systems where when they're smaller, they're actually easier to to, to make evil. (laughs) Right. And I think the city and government works the same way. No, I, I would agree with that, uh, given my experience. Yeah. Um, so we shouldn't have them at all. It's like here in, <laughs> here in Texas, uh, we have a lot of uh, unincorporated, uh, like unincorporated governments. Uh, yeah, or Southern California as well, when you go east. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But like, uh, it's, it's funny because uh, like a lot of towns were like, were founded like not as like libertarian utopias but like as like close to one as like can be yeah. done in the state of texas uh because like i think it only takes like 18 people to form a fucking or it's a very small number here like your neighbors get together like you know in a part of texas where everybody has 50 acres of land or something and they're not necessarily rich or anything it's just they're out mm. in the fiddle middle of fucking bumfuck you know yeah uh, and they all get together and they form a town and then they become extremely fucking corrupt and like led by these like cult like figures that like get arrested for fucking embezzling money. And then they just have all these like police cars on loan, like this one, like, like a town of like 23 people had like 23 police cars. Yeah. 
there, and like and one cop which was like a 68 year old lady who was elected the sheriff or something yeah i so so i i actually have i i have i have a thing about that right so back when i was in my early 20s um and this is i'm not going to say anything that gets me canceled so i can't say much because uh, i said a lot of n-word no i didn't i didn't i didn't i didn't do it uh, sure, man. <laughs> but so, <laughs> so why did so I bring it up? <laughs> my my buddy ended up renting out a space in unincorporated East County. Uh, so, if anyone is familiar with San Diego around Valley Center, right? And what ended up happening with that is that we were able to throw parties out there that were just they were debauched nightmares and people were essentially able to camp on the seven acre lot um, without anyone ever giving a shit about it. Like the neighbors weren't allowed to complain. Nothing was able to happen because it was totally unincorporated and there just wasn't a convenient, easy way of making anything happen. Um, and, uh, and that's just one of my favorite cool moments in my own history. It was very good. That's my thing. That's my whole thing. That's the thing. Show us. No government is good. It's nice. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Let's go to the next link. So another problem that we ran into a bunch with the city was there was a bunch of money that was loosed uh, for the COVID-19. Well, there was the the CARES Act and then there was the, the Relief Act um and this uh <clears throat> went to the a bunch of you know, local municipalities whatever um what ended up happening is all of these local municipalities were kind of afraid to spend the money unless you were working for like a larger let's say like san diego proper i didn't work for the city of san diego but the actual city of san diego didn't have any trouble spending this money because not only did they have a very large infrastructure of people who could, you know, handle this extra reporting that was required for any COVID spending, but also they just knew that they were too big to fail. So one of the the issues that my city ran into was we didn't want to stick our neck out. And, and I think that, you know, my city was more conservative than a lot of other cities around here i think um but there was this general sentiment that you didn't want to stick your neck out and find out the hard way that you had spent this money wrong because there were you know there were headlines saying there's not a whole lot of restrictions on this but there were actually some what what the problem was is that there weren't a whole lot of restrictions there were a few very pointed uh restrictions that nobody could really figure out like does this fall into the right category sort of stuff? So nobody wanted to stick their neck out. And what ended up happening is a lot of that COVID-19 funding, as this AP article states, uh, states and cities were slow to spend federal pandemic money. Um, I don't think there's too much that we need to get into in this article. I just wanted it for the headline, I think. So let's go to the next one. Also, also quick quick question about that, actually, about the slow to spend yeah. um, or, or the pandemic money in general. I actually haven't looked into this. I feel bad about it. But... Was this offered on 
a like system of, hey, it's up for grabs who wants it kind of thing, which it often is, or it, was it? It was apportioned. Um, okay. But cities had the right to reject it, basically. Well, that sounds like the same thing with extra steps, kind of. It is. It is. Okay. And, um, and I'm actually, that's that's a little bit further down, and, down the line. Okay. Okay. And, but, but yeah, just, just to be, just to be clear for people and, and maybe we will be just, uh, retreading this, but, no, but a, a, a lot of the time, and, and this happens with school districts a lot. Uh, but when I'm talking about a race to capture kind of thing, I'm, I'm kind of, kind of what I'm talking about. It, it isn't so much that they just say, Hey, free money, who wants it? What what ends up happening, which is why it's a really bad thing on the ballot most of the time, is is that they say this money is available now. Anyone with the resources to have a shit ton of people apply to it can have it. Yep. Right. Versus, hey, this money is up for grabs, and you just need to send us a message. Which, of course, isn't how government works. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, just, just, to, just to keep that clear for everyone, because I feel like people are really optimistic about this sometimes, and they're just like, oh, money for school districts. Like, and we'll, we'll just have, yeah. like, the principal <laughs> will reach out and get a million dollars. Like, no, 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 no. You need to have, like, a fucking team. So it's always the rich yeah, districts will, uh, getting the money. Yeah, we'll actually huh? get into that a little bit okay, later great. on. Then I'll, I'll shut the fuck up. Um, if you could zoom into this article and then go to like the second bolded section, um, just so I can read it. Um, so, uh, the, the, uh, paragraph above, no, sorry, go up a little bit. I told you to go down a little bit too far. Uh, so, so the three major rules that were, that were applied to the COVID-19 money were, uh, necessary expenses tied to the public health emergency with respect to COVID-19. Uh, what does that mean? Because um, necessary expenses for my city in in response to COVID-19 were actually fairly low. Uh, we put up uh, plexiglass barricades. Plexiglass is fairly cheap. Which, again, reminder that I think is really fun. They didn't want to put up those barricades when you first suggested them. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell them. It would be story. scary. I'll it would be scary. Um, yeah, sorry, I had to. I had to call it out. I, yeah. I have experience working in the pharmaceutical world, so I understand how contamination works pretty well. Um, I, I worked for a pharmaceutical company for two and a half years, uh, working specifically in their clean rooms, doing facilities maintenance jobs in their clean rooms. Um, <clears throat> obviously, as part of my job, I had to learn how contamination works so that I could help uh, build and implement the systems that we uh, had in the clean rooms to prevent contamination. Uh, this includes simple measures like pass-through windows, from uh from what would not be clean areas uh cleaner than usual because it's a pharmaceutical uh building regardless but you know going going from something that's not iso rated to something that is iso rated and um i forget what iso means but basically there's different levels of iso it's iso uh, somebody can look it up probably if they really care, but uh, the clean rooms that I was working in were ISO seven and ISO eight, so pretty pretty high up there. Um, 
and and it relates to like how many particles are allowed in the air basically um particles and like what what type of materials you're allowed to use in the building etc uh, this was like seven years ago now, so I've forgotten some of it, but I had experience in the pharmaceutical world. And so when, you know, the, the reports were coming out in early 2020, that, Hey, we've got this airborne disease that's spreading like crazy. Uh, it's coming to your town next, get ready for it in whatever way you can. Uh, this is like just a week or two before all the lockdowns started getting issued. Um, I, as the facilities uh, maintenance supervisor for the city, uh, raised my hand during one of the big like meetings that we were having and how we were going to handle this. And I said, hey, look, I understand you guys want to keep the city open for as long as possible. If we're going to do that, a good safety precaution that we could take is just building some simple pass through windows basically just have a sheet of plexiglass in front of somebody with a space underneath that they can pass stuff back and forth through. Uh, so yeah, and, plans, documents, and, and whatever. In addition to that, I, I believe if, if I'm recalling correctly, which I, I do believe I am, you also mentioned that there should be like spacers placed when people are walking through things like lines. Yeah, no, no. I also said that we should have like, um, you know, just, just like basic, like distance. Like a cord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So literally all of the things that ultimately we ended up getting information from like higher up, uh, like you were saying, because it's common fucking sense. And also you have experience with this. Yeah. It was just, you were was, fucking saying it. And then the response was, uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I had this experience and, and, you know, I, I related, you know, why I was saying this is what we needed to do based off of, hey, I used to work in pharma and I know that these are like general good, uh, good protocols that we can implement to just limit contamination. Um, and what I was told was that uh, it would scare people and we didn't want to scare people. Um, this was in uh, awesome late February of uh, of 2020. <laughs> I was told that uh, doing this kind of thing would scare people, and now we've gone through what almost two years of COVID now. Yeah. Um. So very cool. One one of those black pill moments where I was like, "Oh my god, I'm living in the uh, the movie where everybody's retarded." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it would be weird also if any one of those people was doing it for money because smaller groups are more corrupt that is that is true that um, would be weird right that would be crazy yeah no th there was a general sentiment that we wanted to maintain appearances for as long as possible um yeah. and then it was funny because you know like end of march so you know two weeks after lockdowns have started getting like passed uh all over the country um the the people who shut me down don't reach out to me uh my manager at the time reaches out to me and says hey so that idea you had about the pass-through windows um city hall would like to you know see it implemented at a couple of our counters just to you know get a feel for how it would look and 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 work like, okay, cool. And at that time, everybody had already started installing plexiglass at all their counters. So I had to like wait a week and a half to like get my hands on plexiglass. Uh, it was, uh, it was really cool. It was a great moment. Um, 
But anyways, that's just patting myself on the back, which I don't Good know job. why we did that. Um, I thought it was funny. It is funny. It is. It is a funny story in hindsight. Funny, funny, and like a haha. Oh man, I don't know. Everything is terrible. Was. Um, <clears throat> so necessary expenses tied to the public health emergency with respect to COVID nineteen. Very low impact as far as expenses uh, related to COVID nineteen are are considered uh, because you know. You put up a couple of plexiglass uh, windows here and there. You put up some hand sanitizer dispensers here and there. Really actually doesn't cost a whole lot more than, you know, a couple thousand bucks, depending on the size of the city and, and how many public counters you have available. Oh, a sheet of plexiglass can be like $30. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it, it was amazing. Even even though, like, everything was bought out the second it became available, you know, it was still like, oh, this is still dirt cheap. Right. Um. Expenses that were not accounted for in the state or local government's budget that was approved as of March 27, 2020, and expenses that are incurred between March 1, 2020 and December 30th, 2020. Uh, this particular article, it's 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 an analysis of, of uh, government spending during COVID uh, with the relief funds. Uh, notes, it is unclear why the de deadline for spending CRF funds was set as December 30, 2020. This limit makes little sense given that the pandemic is ongoing with second and third waves of spiking cases occurring. Moreover, as we highlight in this report, changing guidelines from the Treasury Department have led to confusion and spending delays. So this is an analysis of everything that I've just talked about. Um, if you want to look into it yourself, uh, let's go ahead and scroll to the top. Oh. So I actually wonder uh, if like uh, like talking about like the hidden expenses of accepting money, like uh, like your community health hospital. Right. Yeah. So they uh, they uh, they turn uh, all of their uh, patient rooms into uh, uh, deep back pressure rooms. Yeah. No, which uh, is which is hugely expensive too. Oh yeah, and so that's super expensive, right? But then like uh, hospitals have to, have, so they add more like gear and equipment and uh, things like that, and, and so they have to by law have like you know backup generators on the roof and stuff that yep. support a certain amount of watts. So if their system becomes unbalanced, now they have to redo a generator system that's on the roof of an eight-story building. Or something like that. Like, I wonder how much of that happened. Like, now that these hospitals that added all this equipment now are incurring this like giant expense that might not be covered by yeah, this. Yeah, and and that's a really good point. And it's also worth noting that most hospitals, you know, you may have a hospital that says San Diego Hospital. That doesn't mean that it's run by the city of San Diego. Um, yeah. A lot of times, these are private hospitals. Other times, you know, they're they're private hospitals that receive some government subsidies so that they can take in anyone. Um, the 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 city budget and the hospital budget are not connected. I can tell you how I know that my city has a hospital. Our hospital doesn't appear on any of our city budget uh, stuff. The police do. Thank goodness for that. Right. Uh, it was really fun to see my my budget. Uh, as somebody who maintains infrastructure cut by 50% during the year of 2020 and see the cops receive no cut. And actually they received more money than they did the year previously. Um, and in terms of all that with first responders and everything, again, a reminder that uh, 
things like paramedic uh, companies, ambulance companies are private as well. Yeah, yeah. It's very yeah. few, very few states or counties that have a a a government version of paramedics yeah. or EMTs, which is why it costs you so fucking much to get picked up. Oh, yeah. private and, industry, not and, not private industry. Even though it costs you twelve thousand dollars for a ride to a ho- to a hospital, that private sector EMT probably only made like fifteen dollars an hour. Yep, and still didn't get a break. Yeah, yeah, it's, still uh, didn't get a break. It's pretty fucking disgusting. So, yeah, he's, he he smelled like piss because his diaper was full of piss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, you had to borrow it from the Amazon guy. Yeah. This article, <laughs> <laughs> this article, if you want to look it up, is from the University of Illinois Chicago. And the uh, the headline is slow to spend question mark state approaches to allocating federal coronavirus relief funds. Um, it goes into a lot of reasons why, uh, and and I've basically already given you a bunch of reasons why cities were slow to spend. Um, this is more on the state level, but it still applies to a lot of the city level because most cities are kind of under state guidance, anyways. Uh, go ahead and go to the next linkaroo there, and we'll see what happened as a result. Um, so a lot of oh, money oh, wasn't God. spent, and the reason that I know that this isn't a local issue to just my city is because it was so endemic to COVID-19 relief funds that Biden at one point said, uh, and and also allowed this per his order, uh, said that uh, cities should spend leftover COVID funds on hiring cops. Um, so there was enough money left over that uh, he felt it necessary to give this additional guidance that like, hey, yeah, we, we know that we gave you this money for, or hey, Jack, we know we, we gave you this money for COVID, but if you want to spend it on some police, go ahead. <laughs> we got we to gotta lock up corn pop, etc. Um, so that's also damn dude the new york post uh their website looks uh, like yeah no it's, it it's looks garbage. like a porn site um, <laughs> like it, it... <laughs> this is the first link that came up when i googled this and i just you know wanted something yeah. to like validate that i'm not just like making up all this shit there was so much <laughs> money left over that biden and, and it was like almost a hundred billion or more dollars i think um going off of memory that was just like sitting around in all these city funds, state funds. And uh, Biden was like, hey, why don't you spend it on the fucking cops? Get some more cops because we got crime. You got to get the crime out of there. And the way you get Very crime out of there is cops that shoot them in the legs instead of the chest. <laughs> Go to the next one. So we can hear them better as they die in the uh-huh. streets. So... uh this article is about a lot of reasons why smaller uh, municipalities weren't accepting the COVID money. A lot of them didn't accept it because uh, weirdly enough, uh, rural communities didn't really suffer a whole lot under COVID. Um, Less people means more corruption, but less less virus being passed around. Yeah. yeah, Less, less virus (laughs) being passed around is where I'm going with that. Um, Yeah. 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 
and and also you know technically kind of less corruption to a certain extent because there's less money to play around with <laughs> less people to get paid um, off the same amount yeah <laughs> there's, there's, there's probably a sweet spot of like where where something should be at uh, to avoid there corruption there you go taking the middle path like always yeah well i'm a radical you centrist. coward <laughs> you... <laughs> <laughs> Centri- centrist uh, benzo deep yeah <laughs> uh, but uh one one important thing that i think needs to be highlighted here and i've actually got it linked to the highlight uh following federal rules many small towns won't be able to track their spending and report it to the u.s treasury without help so a lot of this money was given to like, hey, if you have, you know, COVID-related losses of revenue, whatever, uh, you know, here's this money. But then, like I said, a lot of cities were a little bit reluctant to spend it because they didn't know, you know, when when audit time came around, they didn't want to be the person that found out the hard way that, hey, we spent, you know, $3 million on things that are no longer going to be covered by you know this relief fund and now we have to reimburse the federal government three million dollars that we don't have apportioned in our budget um so that was why a lot of small towns were just like no we don't want it a lot of small towns also didn't really suffer the same way that bigger cities did uh but but there was a huge concern that you know you're providing us this money but you're not giving us the people to like oversee it uh, track it, report it, etc. Um, and this kind of also ties back into what I was talking about with prevailing wage and that like, yeah, it's nice that you're trying to give all these workers prevailing wage money, but if you aren't going to also provide, you know, the contractor with the, you know, funds to, to have this, this extra person on hand that they need to, to report all this stuff, um, then, then you haven't helped them at all. Um, there's, Somebody incredibly drunk yelling outside, and I hope uh, that doesn't come up on the recording. I don't hear anything. <laughs> um, I'm on the second floor, so they got to climb to get to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to stop you. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you lying about COVID-19? It's the people from the city. Uh, yeah, no, they, they finally come for me, boys. Uh, so let's go to the last <laughs> link. I forget what the last link is, but I'm sure it's important. Oh, yeah, so... Uh, Go ahead and scroll down to that that pie down there. Um, so this is uh the the and and Brookings is a think tank, but this is solid data. Um, this is how much uh, how much COVID nineteen relief was spent as of uh, I can't see the date. It's it's fairly recent though. Uh, but basically, uh, 81.9% of COVID relief funds were not spent. Um, and that's why there was so much left over for things like hiring more cops. Uh, yeah. And and you, you might recognize that uh, out of 100%, 81.9% is, uh, you know, 82 one hundredths of, of how much money there is. So that's, that's a pretty big... Uh, uh, fraction there i guess nice and so that's uh that's my basic uh overview of why the government is fucked up and failing right now on the local level um to to pick this back up uh for everybody who hasn't fallen asleep 
we we are going to pivot into uh, conservatives living in clown world. Um, <laughs> the best world. So mm. let's uh, let's go ahead and and pop into that next link. This is <laughs> the gentleman known as Dennis Prager comparing the, the unvaccinated to being treated worse than uh what than... the fuck yeah you gotta you gotta let me finish talking before you you react man oh jesus <laughs> um so let's for, go ahead for the listener please finish yeah uh yeah so this is dennis prager uh saying that uh the unvaccinated are being treated worse than uh people during the aids crisis were treated um what the fuck? Yeah, specifically gay men and intravenous <laughs> drug yeah, users. So, so the, the, quote, the quote on this tweet is Dennis Prager. During the AIDS crisis, can you imagine if gay men and intravenous drug users had they been pariahs the way the non-vaccinated are? But it would have been inconceivable. Um, Ronald Reagan famously <laughs> took gay men and put them above everyone else during the AIDS crisis. He was like, this is a real thing. We care about it. These people need to be saved. We've got to study it, get doctors study the proper PPE. I, I remember growing up, and I grew up in a very conservative household. I remember growing up and being told that like gay people were inherently dirty. You you couldn't trust them. They couldn't touch you. Like you know i i had a gay friend growing up and i remember my parents taking me aside and saying like hey he might have aids just so you know um amazing so go ahead and just roll the clip because it's uh i mean it's it's dennis prager what, what are you gonna yeah. do you know so what she found funny was that, Did you turn that up? she doesn't have a magic wand but somebody in her party has a magic wand. The reason we're paying so much yeah. is because the magic wand of you know, the it's Democratic on, uh, president was to destroy the uh, the energy independence of the United States of America. With one magic wand, the man ruined our economy, ruined the ability of the of the lower and middle class to pay their energy bills. As in Germany, by the way, uh, it, this is not just unique to the United States. A anywhere that you have people who are governed by fear of global warming, uh, 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 an idiotic, irrational, sick fear of, of of extinction of the of the biosphere. I mean, do you understand the 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 nonsense that we live with? It, 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 it's it, if we survive this as a free country, historians will just ask, how did this happen? How did people get governed by irrational fears? Whether whether it is of, of the non-vaccinated who, who are the pariahs of America, as I have not seen in my lifetime, any pariah group like uh, like this. During the AIDS crisis, can you imagine if-, if how, how, how old is Dennis Prager? Old uh, enough to know better. Too old, mm -hmm. not old enough. Both. Yeah. 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 Old yeah, enough but, to be alive, not old enough to be dead. I mean, like, uh, like, how old do you have to be to know that certain parts of this country murdered people publicly, like, and took fo photographs of <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. 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 
I know but that. And five-year-old on TikTok. Yeah. But never in my life have have I, I have has he have has he seen people have to wear face underwear basically. Yeah. Mm. Never. Never. Fucking for hygiene purposes. I mean, because that's why I can't sit naked on a park bench, right? Well, there's a couple of reasons, and (laughs) (laughs) most of them are horny. If uh... (laughs) well, like uh, like San Francisco, they they used to allow uh, it used to be a clothing optional city, but you had to put a towel down when you sat on public infrastructure for hygiene purposes. And now, now they've got spikes in all the public infrastructure, so you can just uh, sit wherever you want, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I just hope we can make that joke. Yeah. Uh, c- continue playing. Yeah. I think it's almost Gay over. men and intravenous drug users, where the vast majority of people with AIDS had... Can, can we go back 30 wow. seconds, 20 seconds even? Yeah. I feel like the real impact of this... More, more, yeah. more, John. A little bit more. There you go. I have not seen in my lifetime any pariah group like uh, like this. During the AIDS crisis, can you imagine if, if gay men and intravenous drug users who, who, who were the vast majority of people with AIDS, had they been uh, pariahs the way the, the non-vaccinated are? But it would have been inconceivable. And it should have been inconceivable. They should not have been made pariahs. Mm. But uh, but yeah. this is kosher. Well, this is okay. You can make the non-vaccinated. So uh, it, it's a different well, America. Amazing. Yeah. Incredible. And and he kind of like trips over his own shit though because he he ends up saying and they shouldn't have been they should not have been made pariahs. Oh no, he just does that. Yeah, Dennis Berger, uh, he, that yeah. that's his pattern where he says, "Now I don't care for those black folk though." Perhaps black folk are great. (laughs) 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 No, that that is, but but it's just funny how like he can't even like maintain that facade that he's trying to uh, to maintain. Yeah, Uh, some of them I assume are good people. Yeah, some of them I assume. Go to the uh, the next link, please. Uh, Scroll down to the video portion. Daily Mail is worse than New York Post, man. Yeah, Holy I, shit. It's, it's hard to find good quality links these days, man. No, I mean, they're fine links, but holy shit, their websites are managed. Like, yeah. It, um, it looks like Las Vegas. <laughs> so this is, uh, this is Axios committing, like, journalistic fraud to some extent. <laughs> <laughs> that man's face is stuck in a wind tunnel. Yeah, no, uh, he, he is an incredibly difficult person to look at and listen to uh but he's like um, a joker reject yeah <laughs> yeah well he's a real harvey dent kind of guy if you ask me you know how i got uh. these funds <laughs> uh my my new uh my new joke with my uh, partner by the way and 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 she loves it is um i i will continually like troll her about something for like an entire day very healthy mm. relationship by the way mm-hmm. yeah love each other very a, much um and then and then at the end of the day she will accuse me of having trolled her all day about something and then i'll say no it's not a troll it's a joke i'm a jokey kind of guy i'm a person who jokes some would say that i'm a joker 
and uh, she gets upset at me because she doesn't want me to keep identifying with the Joker. Anyways, all that aside. I do the same thing with my girlfriend. Yeah. Wait, you have a girlfriend now? Let's move on. Oh, okay. All right. Well, (laughs) big reveal. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful palm. (laughs) I used to slap myself. Uh, speaking of beautiful palms, Josh Hawley wants to take away your <laughs> Let's watch this. Oh, oh, wait, this guy's going to tell us about masculinity? Yeah, he's going to become the president. Oh, yeah. right. He's going to tell us a couple yeah. of things, and none of them really oh, yeah. actually make sense. So go ahead. Which, by the way, the first time I heard this clip, I was I was playing Dark Souls immediately after jerking off. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. So, so just so everyone knows, imagine that as you listen to this voice. Without washing, too. Yeah, I think I think every, Gosh, I, I I think every time somebody plays Dark Souls <laughs> after jerking off, that uh, Josh uh, Howley gets another tooth. <laughs> <laughs> he should have like billions of teeth now. He, he's like a shark. He's just got rows and rows of them. He does. Yeah, I, I imagine they're just going to be falling out and replacing themselves, mm-hmm. like as we watch this video. Yeah, the the uh, the Roma curse that he has causes teeth to fall out of his mouth every morning. Senator, you gave a pretty hot speech at the National Conservatism Conference in Orlando. You talked about the left's attack on men of America. Why masculinity as your new big issue? Well, I think what the left is doing is attacking America. They're saying that America is systemically oppressive and men are systemically responsible. What's a man to you? Paint a picture. What's a man? Well, a man is a father, a man is a husband, a man is somebody who takes responsibility. As conservatives, we've got to call men back to responsibility. Um, so the question there does is, weird follow-ups. <laughs> yeah, this, this guy has weird follow-ups. And the reason that he has weird follow-ups is because this is a scripted interview. If we're being honest, there's yeah. no way that this interview is anything investigative is anything genuine. This is not a person sitting across from Josh Hawley trying to, uh, interrogate his belief system. This is somebody who is there paid to, uh, give him the right questions so that he can enforce his belief system. Um, yeah, like this is this is something that it belongs on a TV show. Genuinely, it does. Like it does. Not, uh, not a conversation. Senator, you gave a hot speech. Right. Um, that is a weird way to to introduce that. Uh, I would start off with Senator. You're deranged. What the fuck are you talking about? Senator, um, you gave a hot 8-bit speech. Yeah, and, and so he immediately goes to the left is attacking, blah, 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 blah. And instead of, you know, saying, well, how is it doing that? Yeah. Uh, what do you mean? Why are you looking at me like that? Right. Please stop touching me. <laughs> he, What's he, up, man? He just, he just feeds him a question that, that uh, Josh Hawley uh can can fucking like f- play off of to to further his point and and you're gonna find over the course of this interview uh segment and and there's a longer segment out there but this is just kind of like the highlight reel of it uh but you'll find that like there's there's really no like genuine question being asked ever it's always the wrong question that's being asked and i think there's a reason for that but continue yeah. playing it 
responsibility. We've got to say that spending your time not working, and we have more and more men who are not working, spending your time on video games, spending your time watching porn online while doing nothing is not good for you, your family, or this country. So a viewer's watching this and they're thinking, really, what the liberals are doing are going to push me to watch Pornhub more or play Donkey Kong more? Do you mean that? Pause it, please. Well, what I mean literally is- What the fuck is going on? Like I said, I this is journalistic like malpractice. Yeah. I, I I know that it's common knowledge. There's not a single person in the world that doesn't know about Pornhub. Of course. But citing that, using that in 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 your question is such a funny fucking move where it's just like, hey, all right. So you're saying a man is a responsible man who works because not a lot of men are working right now. Well, you know what? Uh, why is it that you think that people are on like, Footfetishanimeporn.com. <laughs> why, why do you think so many men are on OnlyFeed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was on Fabster the other night. And, and which, if that's not a thing, that needs to be a thing. I'm Fabster? Positive it's a thing. Yeah. It needs to be a thing. It's a, it's it's a, a thing. It, I don't, we don't even need to look it up, John. John, look it up. <laughs> look up Fabster.com. <laughs> I, I would like to remind you who the actual boss is here. <laughs> and it's oh, lady. So we upstairs. have we have bosses now. No, we don't have bosses. Uh oh, it's consolidating the power. Come on, man, don't be like this. Don't be like this right, right now. <laughs> Let's finish finish up with dear sweet Mister Holly's. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, there, there is something Holly's. that I would I would like to oh, please. To, to piggyback off of um, what you were saying. Mm, where. Uh, you know, he brings up, uh, we got men just sitting around beating off playing video games. Um, and then later on, he's going to admit that part of it is because there's not as many jobs as there used to be, Yeah. but yeah. His, his solution isn't necessarily that, you know, like we're going to somehow create more jobs. His solution is, Hey, you're bad for you not being able to get work because there's not as much work anymore and you need to uh, not watch uh, porn and beat off to video games. Um, and I know I said that wrong. I, I did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, but... my, 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 my jerking off uh, five times a day gets in the way of my 50 to 60 hour work week. It does. <laughs> yeah. It does. It just also, does. let's. Let's let's just point out, and and I understand kind of why and everything, but it is still kind of weird to me that uh, a man like this is pointing out, you know, these these men who are taking yeah. a part in a largely extremely misogynistic sexual impulse while also going ahead and uh, and like and watching porn and and. <laughs> and and, and and going ahead and performing like synthesized like hypermasculine violence, these are the least manly men. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, he'll he'll define you know what a man needs to do. So go ahead. A, a, a man, a man, go work. That I think the liberal attack, the left wing attack on manhood, says to men. You're part of the problem. It says that your your masculinity is inherently problematic. It's inherently oppressive. What's your basis for linking that to what liberals? Well, so for the listener, <laughs> they keep showing these weird shots of uh, yeah, I already, for, I already forgot his name of Hallie's uh, fucking hands. Yep. Like I guess they're like trying to show that he's masculine by showing zoomed well, in shots of his hands or something. They're trying shit. to show that he doesn't have hair growing on his palms. Yeah. Oh, that's what because it is. Because he doesn't yeah. beat off. He's never no. done it. He's a no-fab. 
You can yeah. tell because he is extremely masculine. Oh yeah, just <laughs> yeah. just brimming with masculine testosterone and teeth. Yeah. You see, if if you took a picture of Ellen DeGeneres and him, I could tell the difference. <laughs> Continue, oh. please. <laughs> or the left, as you would say, do is that based on data or based on a hunch? Well, it's policy over many years. I mean, if you look at the policy of deindustrialization, those are policy choices Mike pursued over many years. I've looked. Wait, at- wait. How does that connect to porn? Oh, well, you've got, you've got men, 16 million men, Mike, who are idle, who don't have anything to do. Now, partly that's their own responsibility, but also partly it's because jobs have dried up in many cities across America and rural areas, too. I think you put together lack of jobs, you put together fatherlessness, you put together the social messages that we teach our kids in school. I think we've got to confront that and its effects. What, what social messages in school Hey, he doesn't your... need to define it. All right. What, what he's doing is he's saying the things that'll get a certain amount of people riled up. Be like, yeah, hey, but... remember when men used to be men? Um, remember when in social studies class they didn't tell you to jerk off to God of War? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like on... <laughs> I, I do. I do remember that in uh in uh in uh, AP literature, uh, we did cover the fucking sex scenes in God of War and the yeah. best way to masturbate to them. Yeah. yeah. AP Gov, it was always about how to press X as quickly as you can, which, of course, masturbation is the only kind of like See, exercise you can some, do. In some kids learn how to press X real fast in God of War. I learned how to press X real fast to resist torture in uh, Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid. Uh, but it was yeah. oh, You were pressing yeah. circle for that. Thank you. I don't remember. <laughs> I remember it because wait, I did it over and over again. Me on 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 a fucking ancient game because I was bad at it, and then I realized, hold on, you don't need to press with your thumb. You yeah. can do this. That's that's how you do it. You just fucking exactly. get in there. <laughs> so uh, I just want everyone to know that I was uh, very intelligent. Great, glad to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, uh, let's go to the next link. This is a uh, Tulsi Gabbard who was for some reason, like a weird darling of like leftists who don't know what they're talking about for a while. Yeah. Uh, she, she's basically given up on it. Can we go to the caption that she has here uh, at the top? Um, With no evidence, mainstream media and Antifa loving politicians name one Antifa loving politician, please. Um, immediately labeled Rittenhouse as a white supremacist terrorist. It's obvious now that he was just a foolish kid. Is that how we're doing it? Is that how we're just, when you go to another state to, to try to shoot people who are protesting police violence, it's just a foolish kid now, uh, who felt he needed to protect people and the community from rioters and arsonists because the government failed to do so. There was so much goddamn police presence there. Tell me where. Oh they, yeah, yeah. They, they had FBI. Yeah, they like, had FBI planes that, that, fucking planes. The pictures of this. Well, um, I mean, to be fair to Rittenhouse uh, and Tulsi Gabbard, it seems like the police mostly fucking uh, cracked down on people who weren't actually rioting. Right. Oh well, yeah. And they they wouldn't have any reason to do that, would they? To just let like property destruction happen so that it looks yeah. bad. And then like yeah. the people who aren't committing property destruction and who fucking cares about property destruction. I'm just going to throw that out right now. Yeah. 
I don't give a shit. Burn down all the fucking buildings until there's some justice. Um, yeah, so that they go. could go play duck hunt with their fucking rubber grenades and shit like yeah. that. Yeah. Um. So so let's go ahead and play Tulsi's little fucking speech because now now she's uh. I don't know. She's given up the game of of trying to be any kind of progressive, and now she's just doing the the right wing dog whistle shit. Ah, so she's a she's a Mocha Candace Owens. <laughs> Candace Owens is Mocha Candace Owens. Oh, that's, that's right. Uh, so she's that's, that's racist against uh, Tulsi <laughs> as uh, maybe the Mocha's Hawaiian, our word Hawaiian person. Yeah, that's fair. Sorry, I shouldn't use that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please, please, we're taking please. We're, 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 we're taking it back. <laughs> the prosecutor in this Rittenhouse trial obviously did not do his due diligence before making the decision to prosecute. This tragedy never would have happened if the government had simply carried out its responsibilities to protect the safety, lives, and property of innocent people. The prosecutor so in this written house. Right uh, it's Amazing. actually been ruled several times in the Supreme Court that the police have like no duty or responsibility to protect people. Yeah, that's no, true. they don't. So uh, she's talking about this weird like responsibility of the government in a way that's like, hey, they should have done more tear gas and more riot control and more oppression. Uh, and that's why Kyle Rittenhouse was needed there. Wasn't needed there. Um, yeah. Imagine how cool it would be, I mean, not to call her inconsistent or anything, but but what if there was some kind of, like, great military and vigilante presence in, like, India, which then led to some kind of, like, mass execution or genocide? You know, it's it's interesting that you mention India as, what? as John uh-huh. scrolled down. Is, is there something going on with India and Tulsi Gabbard and fascism? Is there a thing? Literally somebody from India <laughs> with an Indian flag profile picture and banner picture saying Tulsi so 2024. Yeah. Um, interesting. Camo pants also. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, surprised that someone who has like fascist sympathies towards yeah. like Plus another Modi. country feels them. Great. Yeah. Feels them towards our own. Um, you know, weird. It that, that's unimaginable. Let's go to but, uh, let's go to the next link uh, instead of dwelling on the weird Indian Tulsi pipeline. Um, this is Ben Shapiro. Uh, a tweet. Um, <clears throat> let me let me put on my Ben Shapiro voice real quick. It will go down in history as a bewildering and befuddling act of mind-numbing idiocy that Joe Biden abandoned his moderate pitch as a winning candidate in favor of wild progressive leftism as a president. You forgot to sound out of, out of breath at the very end of the, the sentence. Oh, well, I guess I have bigger yeah. lungs. I don't know. Um, <laughs> does anybody done... actually believe that Joe Biden is a wild leftist progressive president? I mean, I like... There's people who are claiming they believe that, but right. Amazing. I I've never gotten anybody to like explain it to me. Exactly. Well, he's doing a communism. Yeah, he he wants the roads to be good, and he doesn't actually want the roads to be good, of course. But like, challenge anybody who he's thinks trying that... to replace my lead pipes. <laughs> try try. I need to... those for the white children. Try try Sorry. try to get anybody in your life that thinks Joe Biden is a radical leftist to explain how he's a radical leftist. 
that's your challenge. Please send any results to uh, Benzo Rehab Questions at gmail.com. I got um, a family dinner tomorrow, so yeah. yeah. Hey, Secretly record ask, your family. Ask some folks, yes. Don't ask for consent, just ask them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh we'll we'll finish this up with uh with some Dave Rubin clips. Um again, we we had a very dry first half. Well, I mean, we had the Clifford bit, but um yeah, we're 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 gonna we're gonna finish this on a, a fun, happy note. Uh, so this is Dave Rubin uh, trying to talk about Bitcoin. Who the fuck is on the screen right now? Uh, that looks not, like a sick version of me. Not Dave Rubin, <laughs> but yes, it is. It is you with cancer. Um, <laughs> I've never sold a Bitcoin, and I have never bought a Bitcoin. But as I say, I oh, interesting. So all of the Bitcoin you have is from uh, donations or being paid for services. Yeah. Oh, I yes. So all of it's from donations, except for one thing. I did do one promotion on the show, I believe for one Bitcoin, which maybe at the time was around 18 grand or so. There's some kind of attempt to avoid okay. taxes. So, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, go, yeah, go, go ahead. Just tax avoidance. So what has changed for you since you, since you first learned about it? How do, you, how do you think about it now as opposed to then? Well, now I think like most people, I can really, really see the value. You know, at the beginning, it was just like, ah, there's this cool thing. And it makes you think about the coins that, you know, Mario was collecting in Super Mario Brothers. What the fuck? Right? Who What's says happening? Mario? Who says Mario? Yeah, that's the weird thing about oh, that. Yeah, and also, uh, Bitcoin, <laughs> wait, wait. Bitcoin is like the coins you collect in, in the video game Mario Brothers. Does Dave Rubin really believe those fucking like urban legends about like phone apps, like you being used to like have your kids mine Bitcoin for the developer and shit? Uh, probably, definitely. Yeah, I don't know. But and 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 on top of that, he's, he's currently like, trying to design that app. Yeah. and he's for it yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't just believe in it he's like oh yeah that sounds like a good idea actually uh, we'll continue. make our currency out of mario games there's an oh maybe you can buy things online or subscribe to things like it was just sort of this like weird you know it was like we were all learning about the internet at once you know if you it's hard to imagine the world without the internet but the internet in a in a social media sense we've only had it for barely 20 years I mean, 20 years ago, two, oh, oh, my God. since the 80s, what's happening? Oh, they, they sped it up because he just uh, okay. rambles on and on. So, so. <laughs> continue. Uh, 20 years of internet since 2000? What the fuck is he talking yeah, about? No, he's, for a while. he's a fucking idiot, obviously. I, I grew right. up with the internet yeah. and I was born in 88, so. Yeah, he's probably afraid that we'll get brain cancer from listening to fucking Dave yes, Rubin yes. for too long. I, I think talk, that is. Talk about that is what's happening here yeah the, the we're, we're being the, the this is the good kind of sensor we're just gonna get faster so now i see bitcoin as completely integral to building a new parallel economy it is i'm not gonna sit, oh. sit here and pretend that i'm a, a bitcoin expert but you know i've I've been on Anthony Pompliano's uh, podcast talking about Bitcoin. I'm pretty well versed in most of the libertarian ideas and, and the general idea of decentralization, just that, that the big monster, the big machine can't come in and just knock you out. Just take all your money, empty your wallet. I mean, they 
They could, Amazing. couldn't they? Couldn't they just destroy yeah, I mean, the servers? Uh, the only worth that Bitcoin has is actually transferable to uh, U.S. dollars. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's go to the next Dave Rubin clip, and and we've got uh, we've got two more clips, and then oh, you opened the same link twice. I was I was thinking I only had two Dave Rubin clips, but yeah. Oh, um, and look at that face. But also, by the way, really quickly, that last clip, that the other guy, I know I've already made fun of his looks and I shouldn't, but it is incredible to believe that someone, especially someone that looks like me, could have a larger forehead than I do. Yeah, no, he had like side head. It's, yes. Yeah. Side, incredible. What a. Yeah, yeah he had like. Three foreheads, you know. We we need to do phrenology on that guy. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I feel like we're doing some kind of phrenology here. <laughs> we need to so, measure this gentleman's skull and figure out why he's so dumb. <laughs> man, that guy is white double plus. <laughs> uh, so let's go ahead and play this last uh, this last wonderful clip from Dave Rubin, and then we'll uh, we'll end the show there. Discuss uh, his phrenology. Would you be living right by the water? You know, we just came back from Miami and in Miami, you've got all of these, literally these 30, 40, 50, $70 million houses all on the water, right? And they're telling us the sea level's rising. Yet why are all the rich people still moving to the water? Are they stupid? Yes. Yeah. And or <laughs> could it possibly be? And so the somebody who can afford fucking waterfront property probably has other properties. Yeah, yeah. I, I almost guarantee so it. They they can oh. they can afford to buy a property that they know may like I don't know in a decade be underwater. Right. Oh no, my third house might get yeah. fucking sucked up by the ocean in twenty years. Guess I'll live Better in the other it. two. <laughs> Better sell it to Ben Shapiro. Uh, <laughs> as he won't believe that fucking the sea levels have risen and, but uh, as he drowns dude, in his it's, new house it's, it's amazing because ben shapiro already made this argument and he became a meme over it yeah, right no, where no, it's no. like people will just sell their homes and 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 so and and ruben so i am admittedly someone that maybe gives like more credit to these people than they deserve a lot of the time where i'm like oh these people are just grifters, yeah. right? And Ruben is is a grifter. Yeah, he, he is, is absolutely a grifter, a grifter. But he is also, but he's also stupid. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ruben he is, is actually a grifter, stupid. grifter, but he is also one of the dumbest people on planet Earth. Incredible, dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's let's anyway. uh, let's finish this up. That all of this is really about control, and they're trying to <laughs> in a whole bunch of polities that policies that will enshrine that they always kind of stay in power and you eat bugs. What the fuck? You be living that right expression you gave too, it's like, these things are about control. Mm, it's about control, actually. Control. Well, that's, that's the sexy face he gives to his husband. Uh, yeah, no, that, that is undoubtedly yeah. the, these, it's these Wednesday night control. and Wednesday nights when you bang, right? Uh, <laughs> that's that face. <laughs> Tuesday and Thursday nights is 6.30 p.m. Uh, for four and a half minutes. <laughs> um, cool. Well, uh, we, ha we have some news. All okay. Right? The first oh, bit no. of news is um, my intent is to make the next show 
live. It'll be at 7.30 PST. Um, I'll make a post about it. You can figure out where your time zone is uh, relative to PST. Um, yeah, making it live is, is going to be more fun, I think. We'll, we'll open up the ability for people to uh, comment in real time. Um, and then also it's going to cut down on things like, as I'm recording this right now, it gets saved to a file. I have to compile the file. I have to, you know, render the file and then I have to upload it in the upload time. Like rather than going through the whole upload of, you know, a 1.5 gigabyte file, it would be easier for me to just, you know, have a stream, uh, to, to, uh, YouTube. And then I'll still capture the audio only the audio only. I can't make live at this point because I don't have the right, uh, set up and also, you know, I would need, uh, different subscriptions and stuff like that. But, uh, um, you know, uploading the audio file, we're talking about like a 50 megabyte file that just like immediately uploads. So want to make the next episode live. I will figure out a way that we can have the chat live interact with, uh, the stream that John has up. Um, so that's, that's the big announcement is, <clears throat> taking this live and think about all the features that come with that you get to watch us uh take a break to go to the bathroom yeah. uh you get to have me yell at you um you get to call us names mm -hmm. while we get things wrong on purpose yep. uh you get to continue to take our misinformation and twist it into something more and more perverse. Uh, and you get to uh, yell at us for uh, making impressions in ways that you don't like. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah. And, uh, how long, how long until we call a, uh, listener slash, uh, viewer, uh, the R word. <laughs> it's already been not done. long. <laughs> <laughs> I've already got some listeners in mind. No, I'm just kidding. We love all of you. <laughs> Please take uh, your medicine. Um, Please take so, mine too. So yeah, that's the big announcement. We're not we're not doing sign offs yet. Uh, that's that's the big news. Is sorry, uh, I heard the words. <laughs> the the next the next show will be live. Um, I will put out a post about that. Uh, and obviously, it'll be live on YouTube only. Twitch is having some issues right now. They got hacked not too long ago, and so I lost like my streaming code, and I haven't figured out how to get it back. They also won't let us say the R word. Yeah, they also deleted all of our videos on Twitch. So I our videos know. were on Twitch. Well, uh, like the the gaming live streams and stuff. It's definitely because of something we said. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, I I got yeah. reported on which Facebook is so for, sensitive. I uh, when when John and I played the forest together, I I had put in the uh, the description that we were finding ways to die in the woods, and that yeah. got, that got reported as a suicide threat, and so everything <laughs> everything was pulled off of Facebook, and I think everything was pulled off of Twitch as well, and then Twitch got hacked around the same time, so we like lost everything that was on Twitch, and I just really don't fucking care to like play the game to to get everything back on twitch and to like stream on twitch as well so mike 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 but but if we don't go up on twitch how will we become best friends with Hassan? 
I, I don't think that's possible. I Which said... is something that all of us want desperately. <laughs> Thank you. Hold on. Okay. Because Hassan is uh, something. No, that's all I have to say. He's just, he's, we need to become friends with him. Very special. And boy. everyone should send him messages right now saying, hey, Hassan, please yes. become friends with our boys. The they don't rehab think you're movie. a shithead. Uh, they don't think you're a fucking weirdo loser. And they respect all the decisions you make. Uh, buy another three billion dollar house. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I know yeah. it wasn't three. We're billion. on the same page there. Um. So. Uh, yeah. uh, we have we have a Discord as well now. Um. It'll oh be, yeah. It'll be in the link tree. Um. Under under the the thing that says Discord, pretty easy to find that. Um. And if you're in the workshop, you get access to a super secret forum uh, on the uh, on the Discord. Yes, we're we're not trying to uh, create a caste system, but uh, we there, are. there are two kind of different communities involved in this. Um, I've brought in a lot of weirdo goons. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. You've brought in a lot of theorygram folks. Yeah. Um, Just so, like Tulsi Gabbard, um, we are in fact trying to make a caste system. I, I already <laughs> love uh, the Discord uh, and our. There's a lot of Discord there. Our viewership, because I already see uh, suicide memes. Yeah. No, yeah, it, it didn't take long. Wonderful. Hmm. It's a bad place. You should join us. <laughs> it's not a great time. Come, come, come into it with us. Uh, so, yeah, aside from that, uh, if you would like to support this broadcast, again, we'll always be free. We'll always be publicly available. Uh, but if you would like to support this, uh, patreon.com slash Benzo Rehab Dungeon and Dinko, over to you. Same thing as usual. Uh, check out the workshop we have every Saturday at 11 a.m. PST. Um, that's at patreon.com slash truncata, T-R-U-N-C-A-T-A, or reach out to one of us uh, on Instagram. Uh, or otherwise, uh, if you want to pay for it, you get lectures. If you don't want to pay for it, you can just join us. Um, and uh, yeah, that's my whole thing. Cool. John, do you have anything to pitch besides your uh, juicy b-hole? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm just still I'm just still waiting for a dedicated uh, listener slash viewer to uh, uh, find all the Easter eggs I've hidden that uh, lead to my OnlyFans account. But uh, obviously, not dedicated enough. True. We can't see them. It's, that's a, true. it's it's a totally true thing. You are going to have some poor, desperate women, some of whom I know quite well, searching all of our garbage fucking videos, looking for clues to to not lead to heartbreak. I know who you are, John. You're just going to love them and leave them. We you know what I just to photos of coconut oil dripping across my spread asshole. <laughs> you know, I thought it was weird because a lot of people have been sending me messages telling me to put on a wig and do blackface. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think a lot of people have been sending you messages. <laughs> no, a lot of people have been sending me messages I, I, I about that and saying a, like this is a Trump kind of a lot of people are saying kind yeah. of <laughs> could you just do that and do just like a slow jerk? <laughs> And I'm like, I could, I guess it seems weird. Yeah, why, and I don't why know do you why want me to do this. What is, right. what is brought this on? Yeah. And just, just like say your own name during, but pretend your name is John. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, that's a pretty normal name. I guess it's pretty cool. Yeah. Very calm. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you should do it. You can make a lot of money. I am John. <laughs> All right. Well, on that Good note, talk, guys. Uh, we, we clearly love you. Please take your medicine.
please take mine too. And make sure to save some for your friends. I'm so done.